Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Forza Italian Football Podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Connor Clancy. And I don't really know where to begin this week, but I suppose I should start by introducing those joining me on this week's pod. First up is Vito Doria. He's always committed to the podcast, never more so than this week. He's pulled an all-nighter down in Australia. So, Vito, we appreciate you more than ever this week, and thanks for joining. Yeah, no, he's glad to join the podcast as always, Connor, but... Yes, I can't believe it. I actually did pull an all-nighter, so that's probably the first time I've done that in about eight years. So I'm actually glad that I managed to last this long without falling down onto my laptop. No, you've done very well there. Um, since not being a teenager, I haven't been able to stay up in all night, and I, I do really respect your efforts there. And <laughs> Thank you. Also joining us from beneath his rock somewhere down in Australia is... The emerging Nick Carroll, who has resurfaced after Inter's exploits tonight. And wow, Nick, it, it's good to speak to you again. Yeah, what a, what an occasion to make a return to the podcast. Uh, an absolutely incredible morning. Well, morning for me here in Australia. But um, yeah, so many emotions going on, which I'm sure we'll get into. But Inter back where they belong is the most important thing. Don't worry about Juventus. Don't worry about any of that. It's all about Inter today and back in the Champions League. <laughs> I should say to the listeners from the very start that this isn't the season review podcast. That one will come in the week. This is just going to focus on the games that happen this weekend. Um, with that in mind, we're not going to talk about Juventus except for touching on Gigi Buffon a little bit later. Um, Napoli probably get the same treatment there, but... Nick, I'll start with you. A season that was so full of twists and turns and ups and downs and unpredictability had the perfect finale in this Lazio-Inter game because with, what, 12 minutes to go, Lazio were in the Champions League and then in the space of three minutes, they were down a man 
three two down and Inter were back in Europe's elite club competition for the first time since 2011-12 super question but how are you feeling uh, it's just I'm still trying to calm down from it my heart in that final 15 minutes or so was just I, I, I was close to passing out I was pretty sure at one stage but um, just as you said the season as a whole it's just ridiculous. Like, I mean, the, the first half of the season, we were having an argument, Connor, about whether Inter were title favourites, and I kept insisting that they're not, and Champions League was still the goal. And sure enough, you know, Inter did what they do best and just kind of bottled it um, for a while. Um, and, you know, I tweeted about it. It's, it seemed like Inter did everything within their powers to, to lose this top four position. And... Uh, I don't know how we even got in a position today to to be able to fight for it still with, you know, Crotone beating Lazio last week. It was just every weekend there was just something that threw another spanner into the works. And now for it to finish with Inter and Lazio playing off against each other, and not just that, but in a match that just had so many twists and turns, Inter going down on two occasions, then obviously coming back, um, Lulic's red card, there was lots of just so much going on, a penalty given, then VAR overturning it, then another penalty given, which stood. It was just um, an amazing game for for a neutral um, supporter. Um, obviously, you know, it, it probably sounds a bit, you know, nothing coming from me, but my heart does go out to Lazio fans because it's, it's, it's tough to, to go out in that fashion. And um, Simone Anzaghi, who... Uh, I've been a big supporter of, and I know on the pod we we all um, you know speak very highly of him. Um, I do, you know, he, he seemingly made the same mistake that Alexis Spalletti has made just a couple of weeks ago against Juventus with subbing Mara Cardi off. It's something that seems to happen again and again in Italian football, and they're getting caught out doing it. But the coaches keep doing it. He took off a mobile, and you know. You can argue whether or not that was the telling difference. It seems to be a common theme that once you go defensive, it seems to just invite the pressure. So it's it's disappointing that it happened like that for Lazio. But Inter, it's um you know you saw in the stadium what it meant to the fans, what it meant to the players. Icardi was in tears. It's it means so much to Inter supporters. You know the Scudetto. You know really we knew that was never a thing for us. We just wanted to be back in the Premier European competition. We're there, and that's. 100% made our season as as long and as crazy of a season it was. I should have pressed start on a stopwatch when I threw that over to you because I knew you'd go on for a while. But Nick, even for you, that was impressive. Good job. Um, but Vito, we'll, we'll turn it over to Lazio before we go back to Inter, I'm sure. For Nick, the comments are already coming in. There seem to be a few Inter fans coming in. Jax is here. Jax, welcome along. I'm actually quite happy for you because you have suffered at times over the last six years. So um, congratulations on getting back into the Champions League after, what, six, seven seasons. So Vito, Nick did touch on it there. Lazio kind of were their worst enemies at times. Simone and Zaghi brought off Immobile and... Not only does that limit Lazio's options, but it sends out a message to Inter that they are just trying to contain them now and it, it invites Inter on. Surely that just gives Inter the belief that they know they can just throw everything forward and Lazio aren't going to have anything to throw back at them. Oh, it certainly did. Well, once I 
saw that Immobile was coming off, I just thought to myself, this could really change the momentum of the game. Although Immobile wasn't as dangerous as he usually was and he's just come back from injury, I thought just having his presence there would have been enough for Lazio and the Bianco Celesti might have been able to sustain that pressure. But by making that change, suddenly Inter just had more attacking impetus, more desire to attack and everything fell into Inter's place after that, starting with that penalty which Icardi converted and then the Lulitz sending off. I think the Lulitz sending off, that was really the final nail in the coffin. It pretty much uh, was the real additional confidence booster that Spalletti and Inter needed and they ended up getting that winning goal. Yeah, that, that red card came just after the equaliser, obviously, and I'm... I've never made it a secret. I am not a big fan of Lulic in the slightest. He's one of those players that when I see him play, I want to smack him myself. He winds me up. He's filthy. I really, really dislike him and everything that he stands for as a player, basically. But I was so impressed with him in the first half. I thought he was head and shoulders above everyone else on the pitch. He played a superb ball for Felipe Anderson's goal, the second for Lazio. I think he played a part in the first as well. He set up Marusic earlier on for a chance that he missed. He set up Milinkovic Savic for a chance that he missed. He was everywhere. And then I tweeted out he showed his true colours in the second half as soon as Lazio were up against him. He just completely lost his head. And Nick, you, you must have been thinking as soon as he went in and got sent off there, you knew that that game was there for the taking. And as captain, he should really be doing more to help his team. Yeah, uh, it, it's like I said, it, it kind of sucks the way it all happened for Lazio because it could have been so much better for them. And, you know, some of those things you think were very easily avoidable on their behalf. So, you know, and I agree, Lilich had a great first half. So, you know, those early yellows, I guess, were always going to be a big factor in the match. They were across both teams, I guess. So it just happened to go in into his favour on this occasion and, um yeah, as, like you said, as soon as he went off, um, you know, as an Inter fan, I was um, I I felt you know quite confident that Inter could score. Um, that that made a world of difference, and um, I guess for them, the mentality of the players themselves, you know, we, we all know Inter seemed to struggle with the belief at times and the motivation, and I think that alone gave them that extra bit of uh, oomph. Um, to to get them across the line. Yeah, for sure. I guess there's no point in talking too much more about Lazio. We might as well go back to Inter and Nick. Mero Icardi is someone who is almost taken for granted there. He's finished as Capocannonieri, well, joined Capocannonieri for the second time this season with 29 Serie A goals, which is phenomenal. Finished, of course, level with Chiro Mobile and we're almost at risk of forgetting just how good he is because he is just taken for granted and he isn't his only real threat when it comes to scoring goals. Do you want to take a minute to just give him some much-deserved credit? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think he's been short of any credit. Um, and to be honest, it wasn't his um, best match 
um, today. He he missed a, a chance in the first half, completely miskicked it. So, but no, um, the season as a whole, obviously, you know, it goes without saying that Inter would not be close to the position that they were in in fighting for a Champions League place had it not been for the the skill and clinicalness of um, of Mara Akadi, and he's done it season after season after season. And it's almost been a shame that a player of his caliber hasn't you know, hasn't gone to a World Cup, hasn't played you know, Champions League football, hasn't, you know, been at the premiere of the sport. So now for him, and I, I feel like there was a huge amount of relief for him. You could see it after the game that he he now gets to, you know, to play against the best players in the world. And I think a player of his calibre obviously deserves that chance. So, it, um, yeah, it's, you know, obviously next season, if we, if Inter is going to fight again in Serie A for the top four places and, of course, try and progress as far as possible in the Champions League, Mara Cardi is going to be a huge factor in that. So it's just a matter of whether the players around him can uh, build more and more of a combination with him. Obviously, uh, at times, Ivan Perisic and him were, were just um, amazing and unbeatable. But outside of that, there has been, as you alluded to a, a big struggle with um with attacking presence outside of Akadi. so hopefully um you know that that's something they can build on for next season and uh, push push for who knows who knows where you, where we can be next season <laughs> now look you're getting carried away about Inter which is which is strange for you but I'm glad you mentioned Ivan Perisic because his own goal was really funny. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> Poor sure guy. You can laugh about it now. I, I tweeted yeah. that it was a really funny goal when it happened and you weren't too pleased. But No, I was my not. My God. There's a great still photo that we tweeted out at Serie A FFC. And his face after the ball has just crashed into it. It's, it looks like a fist. It, it doesn't look like a human face. It's amazing to see. But, you know... You would imagine that Inter will have to strengthen their squad quite extremely this summer if they're going to compete in the Champions League and Serie A next season. Um, as the as it stands at San Siro at the moment, what do you think this team could do in Europe next year? As is, the way the team is, I think the minimum requirement should be the round of 16. Uh not just being an Italian team, but being one of the big teams in Italy, I think round of 16 football is the minimum. And anything after that would be a bonus. To go further, uh, they would really need to fix up that attacking midfield uh, trio there. So you have all these stories about them getting these free agents in defence, you know, like the Vrij and the... Uh, Asamoah, but they got to make sure that Rafinha stays permanently. And if Kandreva and Perisic get sold, they got to have better options there to really give Icardi the service that he needs and he deserves. I, I don't think it'll be that difficult for them to upgrade on Antonio Kandreva, but uh, I do agree with the fact that they do need to keep players like Rafinha. There was something a little bit funny almost about Stefan de Vrij giving away the penalty that brought Inter back into it, especially considering that he's probably going to be playing there next season. And that, that's not the only case of that that we saw in Italian football this weekend, as we will get to when we talk about the Serie B promotion race a little bit later on. Um, Nick, do you want to have the last words then on this night and looking ahead to next season for Inter? 
Uh, it's it's just a, a step that probably took about five years too long, but it was a massive step for Inter as, as a club in, in their rebuilding. Um, this obviously just being in the Champions League, it, not only the fun, financial um, uh, benefits of it, but the, the attraction that that brings in terms of player recruitment is massive. So instead of those kind of half-half players like Antonio Kondreva, which I'm hoping I see the back of this off-season, um, you know, Inter can attract some some players that that should be playing Champions League football and are deserving of the, the of wearing the Inter badge. So um, it it means the world to to the club, to the fans, obviously. And um, it's, it's, I think, you know, I'm biased, but I think it's so good for Italian football to see Inter back um, in the, in the premier European event, obviously, you know, and I'd say the same thing for when Milan gets back, you know, it might still take a few seasons, but um, I've always thought that uh, Italian football is best when the Milan giants are, um, you know, are up, up amongst the top in the table. So I think it's great for Inter, great for Italian football. And um, what a season. It doesn't even matter who won. It's, it was all about the Champions League spot. So um, amazing. Just, just looking through the comments now, and Aaron Holland, a, a regular contributor in the comment section here, has made me laugh by pointing out something that I'm surprised I haven't pointed out already, which is, wow, Andrea Ranocchio is in the UEFA Champions League. <laughs> I really hope he stays at Inter this summer because that... Well, he has to stay home. now. He has to. He deserves it. He came on that, that last uh, five minutes was probably the best um, best cameo appearance all season from anyone. Yeah. And give, him, give him the captain's armband back. Let him lead yeah. him in the Champions League to that music. Oh, it would be... It would be amazing to see him line up against Leo Messi or something next season, wouldn't it? Maybe not for you, Nick, but I, I absolutely have a lot of fun watching that. I'm just trying to keep tabs on the comments. A lot of people are dissing into it. No, they're not. It's just Brian Bolden says he can't support either Milan team. Brian, you're just bitter because Fiorentina missed out again because that's what you guys do, isn't it? Sorry, I'm going to take a bit of satisfaction from you guys missing out on Europe given who it allowed to qualify for Europe. But my team played great today for 10 minutes. Brian, again, yeah, right, well, we're, we're on to that now. Fiorentina did play well for 10 minutes, but sadly for you, that's not how long a football match lasts. And Giovanni Simeone gave you guys the lead, but Fiorentina then collapsed and Milan beat them 5-1, meaning the Rossoneri are back in the Europa League, which, Vito, it's not where they wanted to be this time, is it? No, there has to be this feeling of underachievement from the Rossoneri simply because on the basis of that spending that they did last summer, you would think that the goal was Champions League football. So really to see them back in the Europa League would feel flat, but at one stage it looked like they were going to miss out on European football altogether. So I suppose being in the Europa League again is better than nothing and maybe with a bit more continuity, uh, perhaps the great experience of being together might be beneficial next season. Having said that, they could still do with another three or four decent players to either fill the depth or improve the team on the field. And a couple other players uh, should really be sold. The obvious one being Nikola Kalinic, despite scoring today. You've mentioned him, Vito, but he bloody scored today, didn't he? Uh, I think he got the third, and I was following he this did. while watching the Atalanta game, which was terrible. 
And when Kalinic scored, I just knew that it was Milan's day because if he's even scoring against his old club in a game that actually matters for them, well, then nothing can go wrong. Nick, I feel like I'm going to force you to give a Milan player some credit because you've had your fun, so suck it up. But Hakan Chalanoglu, since Gennaro Gattuso took over there, he has been brilliant for the Rossi. I thought he started the season quite slowly, which you could probably understand, to be fair. But in the last couple of months, he has been so good. And today was another example of him at his best. 100%. Um, he's one of those players that when AC Milan signed him, I guess not a lot of um, not a lot of Serie A fans probably knew much about him. But I think from memory, Connor, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that you might have actually chosen him as your um, player to watch for this season or something along those lines. I, um, I know some someone in the FIF crew did, and I have a feeling it might have been you. So I, I would kudos like, if it was. I would like um, to take the credit for that, but I don't think it was. Um, I have to okay. be honest. Sorry. Might have been... Uh, so well, I was trying to I was trying to give you something to end the season, mate. But don't worry about it. Um, no, but um, he was always one of those players that seemed like he had so much to give. And obviously, at the start of the season, um, you know, there, there was those growing pains in Milan, and it didn't allow him to 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 play the game he wanted to. And uh, I find it interesting that you said um, specifically that you know he came about under Gennaro Gattuso. Um, uh, yes, which is factual, but um, I would argue that it's more the team, um, you know, coming together and him being more comfortable within that new team uh, as opposed to the coach. So, whoa, you know, whoa, whoa, that's whoa. just... Nick, right. Um, I did choose my words very wisely and I knew that I was going to you with that question. So it was a bit <laughs> loaded, but Gattuso did change things and the new system accommodates Chalunoglu better, which is a flaw that, we have to say Montella had. He didn't use a system that got the best out of the players that he actually had. Yes, I agree with that, but I, I'm not sure that Chalhanolu specifically is... Um, I, I, th- I feel like even under Montella, he w- you could start to see that he was building towards something is, I guess, my my main point. I think he was getting to where he needed to be. But anyway, that's... I guess getting away from the fact that, look, he has come about um, leaps and bounds in the recent, uh, well, to finish the season, really, the last half. And um, I think, as I said a few weeks ago, it looks like he's going to be a major player for next season if Milan are going to, you know, challenge. He can be a central player that Milan can actually build an attack around almost. So, um, you know, if he has those players around him that are going to actually work and take their chances, Kalinic, um, then, you know, Milan could have a, a really nice attacking um, attacking team there. It's going to be interesting, actually, to see what Milan line up like in attack next year because Kalinic, if they have any sense, won't be there because he's useless. Andre Silva might not be there because they could well look to cash in on him given he's not exactly lit Serie A up. I'm on his side and that he hasn't been given too many opportunities, but there are whispers that he's not going to be sticking around in Milan for too long. Another player who could be on the out veto is Suzo. And we've spoken about him a fair bit this year. He was talking quite soon after the final whistle today about how he'd like to play for Liverpool again, which I'm sure made Milan fans really happy to hear and cash in if the money's there. I know 
Vito, you agree with me on that. But what do you think the summer holds for for this Milan team? Ooh, ha- not easy to predict. Um, it seems that they are planning to bring in another right winger. So they've been linked with Jose Callejon from Napoli and Matteo Politano from Sassuolo. So it seems they want to bolster up in that position. But uh, there's the possibility of them trying to get Edinson Cavani from Paris Saint-Germain, which would be a big acquisition if they can get him. And although he's 31 years old, I still think he can be an asset for this Rossoneri side because it's still a young team. They could still do with some experience. And he's a proven finisher. And that's what Milan needs at the moment. I reckon they've got good creators. But although Cutrone is a good young striker and he's got the potential, but uh, Cavani, he is that uh, established striker, the one who has that quality, and he's had the Serie A experience, done it for PSG, so I'd like to see him back in Serie A. I'm being messaged as we record this by Me too. by our boss um, to say Baraghi from Fiorentina will join Milan this summer, FIF exclusive. He's going there to back up Ricardo Rodriguez, apparently, which is an interesting one because for me, I think they need an upgrade on Rodriguez, not just to back him up. Um I'm happy to, I'm quite happy to move on from Milan now if if you guys don't have any objections because Atalanta are also back in Europe. They were beaten today in what would turn out to be an absolute joke of a game. But Nick, given that me and you haven't really spoken together about Atalanta this season because I've been forced into silence about the Bergamaschi at times this year. Um, but we've got to give them credit. Ricardo Maletti, who has commented before, actually has said, Europa coach, he fought Atalanta. So we've got some willingness in the comments to hear some Atalanta chat. So Nick, I'm sure, I know I'm obviously biased, but I can't be alone in being completely impressed by what's happening there this year. <laughs> That's funny. You like, just, you'll take any kind of comment or just, a little positive and you're like, okay, I can speak about them now. It's fantastic. It's, well, it's, it's, quite cute, it's one actually. Of it's like, <laughs> so we finished fourth last year and I wasn't allowed to talk about them. So if someone mentions them in the comments, I'm going in on it. Oh, it's nice. It's nice to see you smile. Um, yeah, no, uh, they've, they've, um, they've finished the season really well. It's, um, I, I guess what, what maybe a lot of neutral fans might, um, um, they might underrate what Atalanta's actually done is because it's easy to forget that they were in a, um, you know, the a fighting for Europa League up until what mid February, um, late February, I think 22nd of Feb was the second, second leg against Dortmund. Um, you know, that was, um, that's, that's very late to be doing a European competition and for a, you know, a squad like Atalanta, and I don't mean this offence, but obviously, you know, that doesn't have the depth that other teams in that competition would. So for them to be battling that up until that late and then, okay, get knocked out, but then um, to be able to finish Serie A, put all their resources towards it and um, still attain that or retain a Europa League spot, um, yeah, it's a huge credit goes to obviously um, Gasparini. He's, he's, he continues to do an amazing job there um, with the players' limited resources that he has but obviously 
um, you know, the players have done an amazing job. They continue to do an amazing job. And, um, you know, it's it's not – the journey's not over for Atalanta just yet, which is uh, great to see. We, we've seen how many clubs, you know, the likes of Sassuolo get the spot and then, you know, fade into somewhat obscurity. So it's really good to see Atalanta back it up and hopefully they can, as a club, keep building on this and, you know – you never know where, where where it can build. If the funds keep coming in, if sponsorships are coming, you know, that's this is how clubs start to build. So it's good. Good to right. see. I'm going to take a deep breath because Aaron Holland has come back in the comments and says, we, the fans, give Connor permission to talk Atalanta. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but... You can't, this this club, what they've done these last two years is incredible. They, they qualified for Europe last year for the first time in 27 years. And to then go and compete in Europe and qualify for Europe again the following season is astonishing. And when you take into account that, take today's game, for example, uh, every Serie A club calls up 23 players for each round of fixtures. Gasparini was only able to call up 20 this week. And that's been a trend that's been happening in recent weeks. And you look through the players who have been selected. They selected four attackers, three of them, or two of them attacking midfielders. One, Musa Barrow, who made his debut three weeks ago. And another guy called Elia, who's number 97 and hasn't played this season. And then in midfield, again, it's Brian Cristante, Remo Froehler, Martin Darun, and then a couple of youth graduates. It's unbelievable to think what he has done with this team and, it's so important. Gasparini is going to stay on. I think he signed a new contract through to 2020 or 2021 or something. So that the importance of that can't be overlooked. And the little love-in that him and the city and the club have, is it's really nice to see because, Vito, I'm sure you'll be happy for Gasp as well, having come out of the, the hellhole that is the, the red and blue side of Genoa to now be living in a beautiful city and being loved by the supporters. So I'll give you the chance to give Gasp some credit if that's what you want to do. Yeah, well, it goes to show that's what happens when you leave the devil's playground. Uh, he's <laughs> gone from there to Bergamo and uh, Percassi. He's shown that he's uh, a superior president than Preziosi. And I think it's really beneficial for Gasparini to stay on. I can really see him help Atalanta build as a club and really nurture these graduates because Atalanta are a selling club, but they're in the Europa League again for the second season in a row. And even if a few key players do get sold, at least with the likes of Barrow and a few others, maybe Menegoni and Bastoni, a few others, maybe if they can establish themselves into the team, uh, that would be very good for Atalanta, you know, to be competitive on the field. And also, yeah, in terms of squad development and retention, be good to show that they can still generate all these young talents and show that they're ready to step up into Serie A. So Gasparini definitely deserves credit for nurturing them in the right way and doing it better than what previous coaches at Atalanta could have done. Yeah, well, Nick, if we take it back to this time last year, I think it was last June, myself and you sat in your garden in London and spoke about what would happen this season. And I was slightly fearful that Atalanta would be fighting for their Serie A lives while competing in Europe. And they sold Andrea Conti, who was probably the most important player after Papa Gomez last year. They sold, who else left? Gagliardini left in January and Frank Kessie left in the summer. And 
this year it looks like Brian Cristante will probably go. Caldara will definitely go and Spinazzola will definitely go. Spinazzola, like Conti was one of the most important players last season. This year he's barely been counted on. Uh, Caldara will be a huge loss, obviously. Um, Bastoni, I think, is going to go to Inter. So his obvious replacement is gone as well. And I'm, I'm not fearful anymore because Gasparini's there. This squad of players have shown that they can just perform against all odds. And uh, I'm just so in love with Remo Freuler at the moment. And I have been since about October because it doesn't matter where on the pitch he is or, or where someone goes missing. He will pop up and fill in for them. And he's popped up with some important goals in the last two seasons as well against Juventus, against Fiorentina. I think he got one against Milan as well. And as long as he's there, as long as Papu's there, Ilicic is there and Gasparini are there, I have absolutely no fears about this club. But uh, we're, we're get, we are going to have to move on from Atalanta because I know no one really cares. But I've had my few minutes, so I'm happy to end the season. And there's... I'm just oh, reminiscing oh. about our time in London now. It's just, you've got me thinking. About yeah, the well, it was romantic, wasn't it? I'm sure I'll see you in Italy this summer. Yeah, hope so. Hopefully, anyway. But <laughs> Napoli-Crotone then. We won't talk about Napoli. Crotone lost and were subsequently relegated when it looked like they were going to be all right. It really looked like they were going to be okay in the last couple of weeks, but they're gone. Uh, the Calabresi representation is no longer in Serie A. How are you feeling, Nick? Yeah, it's awful. I mean, you know, as jubilant as I am this morning, it started off with that kind of awful news that Crotone were going down. And it's really sad. It's like, um, you know, we well, I guess we've made no secret. I certainly haven't made a secret of supporting the, the Southern teams and getting more of the Southern teams in here. Obviously, Benevento coming up this season, joining Crotone, and now to see them both going back down, it's um, it's sad. And, uh, you know, it leaves the regions such as Puglia and, um, and Calabria with no um, Serie A representation, which is, um, you know, it's, it's not nice. There's a lot of Southern Italian uh, football fans out there, you know, not in it- not only in Italy but across the world. Um, so yeah, it's it is sad. I, I hope that um, possibly Bari can can come back up um, in the playoffs in Serie B. But uh, look, I mean, it, as sad as it is, Crotone they've what they've achieved in the last two seasons to stay up last season and to get so close this season. You know, if it wasn't for a huge finishing spell. Uh, you know, we, we thought we were there. I think a couple of weeks ago I might have jinxed them because I started talking stupid shit about next season and a Europa League, like um, a, <laughs> a Europa League um, push. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's sad. But they've you know they've so much exceeded expectations. So let's hope that they can um, you put their experience towards Serie B and get back there a season later. Yeah, who knows? We have seen teams bounce immediately back in recent years. So, fingers crossed that Crotona can do the same. Spal obviously did survive, which I'm extremely happy about because I've had a bit of a soft spot for the Bianca Zuri since their season in Serie B. Vito, they smashed Samp today. And to be fair, you called this. Samp have been terrible away from home. Spal had everything to play for. And they just went out and got the job done. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I wasn't surprised about the outcome. Perhaps the margin. I mean, for Spal to win three-one, I thought you know there was a yeah more goals than I thought, and also yeah I thought the penalty was a bit soft. Although you know it went to VAR, I didn't think the Caprari handball was that intentional. But Spal deserved the win. So I said earlier they had more to play for, and even. On this pod, I did say that Antonucci or Poloski had to reach double figures for Spal to survive, and Antonucci managed to do that. So, yeah, uh, I think it's very good for them that uh, they're in Serie A and the captain uh, delivered when they needed to. Absolutely. He's he's always ha- always has stepped up. Nick, you have to shoot off. you understand that? Yes, yes, I have uh, work to do. It's 8 o'clock here in Australia, so it's um, time for a working day. All right, well, thank you for joining us. It was good to speak to you again, and I'm sure I will in the not-too-distant future. So say goodbye. Ciao, ciao. What's that, right. All right, now we've, we've put up with his inter-propaganda for long enough. I think he will spare us. Um, <laughs> he's trying to come back. Now, Aaron Holland, that. Aaron Holland <laughs> wants to know where are Sonia's Udinese comments. Look, Aaron, they stayed up. Uh, we did ask her to come on, but... She cowardly said no. I think I, I think we spoke before their survival was confirmed. So she was probably just too scared, to be honest. Uh, Phil, yeah, they do. Icardi and uh, Immobile do share the Capocannonieri, but I, I personally like to pick my own winner of the player who did it in the fewest minutes, which I think was Immobile this year. So we'll give it to him. Vito, we're speaking about relegation, so let's dip down into Serie B and talk about promotion because 
Parma are back, which started the weekend in the best fashion possible. It was only 2015 that they were demoted into the fourth tier of Italian football for their problems after going bust. And they've just got promoted three years in a row. And I'm sure I'm not alone in being absolutely delighted to see them back in Serie A. Oh, definitely. I think it's incredible that they've managed to achieve three consecutive promotions. And from what I've read, they're also the first Italian team to do that in the obviously in Italian football. So I think it's fantastic that they have been the ones to achieve that. And to see them back in Serie A is fantastic. A lot of people who followed the sport in the 90s when Serie A was the best league in the world will have positive memories and fond memories of Parma back then with all the champion players they had. So it's always good to have that nostalgia. And even in the 2000s and 2010s, there were some good players there. So having Parma back in Serie A, I think is it's a great thing. And hopefully they build a competitive enough squad to stay up. The best thing about this whole thing for me is Alessandro Lucarelli, because when Parma went down, he made a promise to the fans that he would be there until they got back to Serie A. And three years later, he's delivered on his promise. He's be, he's been at the club since 2008, played over 300 times for them. And for him to be there in their first season back in the top flight is just going to be something really, really special. The playoffs are to come. So we'll try cover that a bit on on the podcast if we do one next week. We might, Vito, me and you could even get together maybe and do a, a playoff special thing. Uh, but speaking of Parma um, and we refused to speak about Juventus earlier, but Gigi Buffon is leaving Juve this year. He played his last game for the club on Saturday as they won. He got taken off after 75 minutes. So he kept the clean sheet. I'm pretty sure Verona scored after he had gone off. Correct. But perfect. It's always nice to be right. I'm usually not. But Buffon then, uh, there's not really too much that we can say that hasn't been said already. This guy is... He has always he's been ever present in my experience as a football fan, and to see him to see Serie A without him is going to be really strange. As it is still watching Serie A and Roma without Francesco Totti, he's going to be missed, isn't he? He certainly is. I must admit, I've been critical of his form in the last twelve to eighteen months, but in saying that, that should not take anything away from the legacy he will live in Italy. Italian football and what he's done in over 20 years of playing uh, in Serie A. Of course, he had that one spell in Serie B, but I think uh, in Serie A, when it comes to goalkeepers, he's been second to none. And even throughout the world, uh, in my lifetime, he's probably the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, probably with the older generations, they might get a bit uh, irate, but I think you can even put him in the conversation for being the greatest goalkeeper of all time. I think he's achieved so much in his career, but just the attributes he's had, you know, the great saves he's pulled off, his leadership, the way he sort of, you know, uh, reads reads the play, you know, knows how to position himself and all that. He's just made so many phenomenal saves in his career. And, you know, we always talk about goalkeepers who could be the next Buffon and all that, but... uh, at the same time, we can do all the comparisons we like, but you just got to appreciate everyone for who they are. And Buffon, I think, uh, you know, he, he is special. Whether you're a Juve fan, Parma fan or Azzurri fan, uh, you'll appreciate the good things and the great things that he did for those teams. And 
Yeah, um, he'll certainly be missed, and I think he's a model, at least based on the way he played the game, he's a model to follow. For sure. And even as leadership qualities, I know what happened against Real Madrid this season is unfortunate in its timing, and it's going to be remembered, but that was very much the exception rather than the rule when it came to his character. And it so was strange. it was so strange, and you can... You could understand it as it happened because of how much that game meant to him. His comments afterwards were a bit silly, but I think he's acknowledged this week that he crossed the line when speaking about the referee afterwards, which was kind of nice to see. Um, but I'm always a little bit uncomfortable when I hear people say, like Donnarumma or Perrin or someone is an ex-Buffon, because to see a one player like Gigi Buffon in your lifetime is an absolute honour. And I'm privileged enough to say that I've seen him play in the flesh a couple of times. And the guy is just, he's a phenomenon. There's no other way to put it. And he's going to be sadly missed. He's, we don't really know if he's retiring yet. He's not going to announce that until the next week or so. But I really hope he does. Unless he goes to Parma for a season, I really hope that he bows out at Juventus because I'd hate to see him go to like Liverpool or someone like that for a year. It just, it just wouldn't quite feel right. I think he did say that if he was to go somewhere, it would be to play at the top level, probably meaning the Champions League. So it, it is unlikely that he will go for the fairy tale return to Parma. But while we can, let's just dream about that because that would be incredible for their first season in, back in Serie A to have Gigi Buffon and go. Uh, right, to finish then, the Italy squad, Roberto Mancini's first Italy squad was announced and to both of our delights, you know, Mario Balotelli's back in there. Yep, that's probably the expected news, but it's also the best news that I've probably heard about that squad. Although he is playing in Ligue 1, he's still a prolific scorer. That's what he's been for the last two years, so it's good that he's you know, actually banging the goals in. And I still believe in his talent. Although the attitude's been questionable throughout these years, he does provide the X factor. He does provide a bit of spark on the field, not just off it. So I think he's the type of player that's, that Italy's been missing. And he has scored in some key games for Italy in the past. So perhaps with some better players around him and his former mentor Mancini from his Inter and Manchester City days, that might be beneficial for his form and hopefully it means that Italy can build towards a more promising future. Yeah, for sure. I've always been quite a big fan of him. And even when he has been making headlines for the wrong reasons, my criticism has been more with those people writing the headlines than Mario Balotelli because often a lot of what he did off the pitch wasn't anywhere near as bad as it was being made out to be by people who were just trying to sell papers and make headlines. But that's the nature of football and sports journalism, I guess. Uh, Philip, I'm sorry. He goes, um, he says he feels alone in the comments, but I think he just arrived a little bit too late. He missed out on the Interlazio chat and then was kind of playing catch up from there. Philip, we do love you. We always appreciate you commenting. Don't feel left out. Uh, with another, who's going to sign Mario Balotelli? It's a tough one. Um, he's probably going to come back to Serie A, you would imagine, though I'm not sure if that would be the best move for his career, given how well he's done at Nice. But, Vito, Napoli would be quite nice, given that's where he grew up after being adopted by Neapolitan parents. But uh, I've seen Roma linked with him. Surely not a return to Milan again. right? Where would you like to see Mario rock up next season? 
Uh, well, Roma, I reckon, would be ideal because Jacko's 32 years old and Schick, I think, is still a bit raw. So Balotelli would be good there. Milan, forget it. I think, you know, it's a case of being there, done that. Plus, they need a fresh identity, fresh ideas to Milan. So that's a no. And yeah, Napoli would be good. Um, he, he was born in, he was actually born in Palermo, but raised in uh, Brescia, actually. But the Napoli connection is because of his uh, former partner and also his daughter. That's uh, it. You're completely the, right there. Yeah, no, I, I did. I remember now he was raised in Brescia, of course. The Napoli connection did throw me. Yeah, so it would be. Going to Napoli would bring him close to his daughter. But even from a football perspective, I think even if Sarri does somehow leave, if they hire a similar coach with similar ideas, I think Donald Telly could benefit from playing in that type of football. So, yeah, I reckon between Roma and Napoli because I don't think the other clubs would either need him or they would be able to afford him. So at the moment, I'd decide between those two. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding it quite hard to disagree with you. Right, um, we've, we've come to the end. Vito, we've done quite well. You've done very well considering you haven't slept. <laughs> but we do have the Fourth Italian Football Annual Awards, which are live on the site right now. Voting closes Tuesday evening, I think it is, Central European time, half 10 or something like that. Do head over to AtSeriaFFC on Twitter. You can find links there. Or just go straight to ForzaItalianFootball.com. Go through the news and you will see the awards section. Um, there will be a few more posts going up over the next couple of days to remind you all to vote. There are loads of categories, player of the season, coach of the season, <clears throat> which is obviously Gasparini, uh, team of the season, everything. Vito Vence, Brian Baldwin wants to know that we don't have one this week, have we? Uh, no, we might have to miss out on that one, but I'm sure during the off season we can fit a few in. So. Yeah, for sure. The The thing about the Vito Vence is that we don't want them to be just done every week because then it's we'll not really, yeah exactly if something comes up it'll be off the cuff and as beautiful as they have been but yeah. if they're scripted and planned it's not going to be that great uh what comments are coming in philip says thanks a lot uh you do you definitely get noticed with your 69 messages oh no, we, we do love you guys um it does really help when you all comment and it gets us through not only every week but the whole season as well and it's been really nice to see this, these live videos kind of build and gather more momentum as the weeks go by, especially in what has been such an exciting season with the title run in, the Champions League chase, the Europa League and the, the relegation fight. So, guys, thank you so much for sticking with us this season. We, we will have the review show to come in the week and maybe a few bits throughout the summer because we do actually enjoy doing this thing. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here every week, but... Yeah, thanks so much for keeping us going in the comments and we hope to speak to you all again soon. In the meanwhile, Vito, where can these people find your events and the rest on Twitter, Instagram and whatever yeah. else you've got? Okay, uh, look, I will say that, uh, yep, on Facebook, my fan page is at Vito Doria. Then, of course, Instagram and Twitter, my handle is at Vito C. Doria. And, of course, check out the Forza Italian Football website plenty of articles there and all that. And I've submitted something on Balotelli. So hopefully that's up soon, you know, being reunited with Mancini. So that should be promising. And actually, I will have a quick vent. Oh. Nothing too big. Yeah, 
it actually goes back to the city of B uh, um, discussion we have. And uh, on the weekend, let me just double check the result. Novara lost 1-0 to Virtus Intella, and Novara have been relegated to City of Chi. And the reason I've picked that is because their coach, Novara's coach, is Domenico Di Carlo. And if you're a Sump fan, he will give you nightmares because he played a big part in us getting relegated in the 2010-2011 season and stuffed up our European campaign. So for me, this feels like karma. He's been relegated a few times in Serie A or laid the foundations for relegation, you know, Parma, Sump, Cesena, Livorno. And now Novara, he's getting uh, them relegated. So there must be a curse, a decadal curse. Even if he's not getting teams relegated, he's laying the foundation. So if he's doing it in City of B, I don't think his coach career is going to go too far after this. Yeah. I'm just sitting here smiling. I've nothing to add. That, uh, that threw me. I didn't know that was coming. That just popped up in your head in the last couple of seconds. That was great. Yeah. Bito, what a way to send us off. Come in in the comments as well. Brilliant. Excellent stuff. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Con J Clancy and Instagram, I think. And I've got a Facebook page, which is just under my name, Connor Clancy. Follow us on Twitter at Serie FFC. Go to the website of Forza Italian Football, Forza Italian Football on Instagram and Facebook as well. Vote in the awards. The Marco Materazzi Award for Greatness is closer than it has ever been this year, which, which is quite exciting. Vito, bro, you're getting some serious love here. Brian Bolden says, you're the best. You've made my summer. <laughs> yeah, he's been praising me a lot even on Twitter. So, yeah, hopefully there are more people like Brian who are keen to share the love and also spread the word on the FIF pod and especially Vero events. So more supporters, more listeners, the merrier. Definitely. Philip did actually say that he was going to make more people subscribe to our channel. Phil, get on that. And everyone that's watching, tell your friends about us if they like Italian football and get them to listen, get them to subscribe, get them to comment. And get them to come and fight with CM Fox in the comments because he's he's up for a fight with whoever comes his way. But again, guys, right, this is it. Thank you so much for sticking with us this season. We'll be back in the week with the review show. And until then, it's ciao for now. Ciao, ciao. Lo sai per un gol Yo darei la vita La mia vita In fondo lo so Sarà una partita infinita El sogno che ho è un coro che sale a sognare Se giù dalla notte 90 minuti per segnare E lo zurri Noi saremo qui nero azzurri, pazzi come te nero azzurri, non fateci soffrire, ma va bene, vinceremo insieme. Amala, pazza intera amala, è una gioia infinita che dura una vita, pazza intera amala.
continuero El sol en el vento, la mia festa Per sempre vivrò, con questi colori nella testa Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.